this morning the book of Job. The book of Job chapter number 23 is where we're going to take our text this morning. Job 23 and we're going to start reading at verse number 2. Job 23 and we're going to start reading at verse number 2. When you come to your place in scripture, if you would stand with us this morning for the reading of the word of God. Job chapter 23, and we're going to start reading at verse number 2. We're going to read 2 through 5, and then we're going to uh, move on down to verse number 8. So a little bit of reading here, uh, but I want you to hear, I want you to listen uh, as to what Job is saying uh, here in this uh, passage of Scripture. Uh, what I love about this is that it is real it is, uh, it's raw, uh, and I think it is something that many of us can identify with, and we're going to just, uh, we're going to believe the Lord to help us here this morning. If you're there with me, won't you say amen? The Bible says, Job speaking, even today is my complaint bitter. My stroke, or that term there means my hand is heavier than my groaning. Oh, that I knew where I might find him, that I might come even to his seat. I would order my case, or you could insert there, I would plead my case, before my cause before him, and fill my mouth with arguments. I would know the words which he would answer me and understand what he would say unto me. Verse number 8. Behold, I go forward, but he is not there. And backward, but I cannot perceive him. On the left hand, where he doth work, but I cannot behold him. He hideth himself on the right hand, that I cannot see him. But he knoweth the way that I take. When he hath tried me, I shall come forth as gold. My foot hath held his steps. His way have I kept and not declined. Neither have I gone back from the commandments of his lips. I have esteemed the words of his mouth more than necessary, my necessary food. But he is in one mind, and who can turn him? And what his soul desireth, even that he doeth. For he performeth the thing that is appointed for me. And many such things are with him. Amen. Many such things are with him. If we can this morning, can we... Pray together. We just ask the Lord to help us today as we take a look at his word. Father, I thank you once again for the privilege to be in your house today. I thank you for every heart and life represented here today with us. Lord, those that would be watching with us. And I pray today that your word 
your word would go forth and anointing and power, Lord, and that, that word will accomplish what it's sent to do. We know that it will because that's what you said it would do. And Father, today I pray, anoint our hearts and ears to hear and understand, my mind, my lips to preach. Lord, give me clarity of thought. And Lord, let me, I pray, be a conduit. Lord, a mouthpiece for you today. Hide me, I pray, behind the cross of Calvary. And Lord, we're looking to you. We look unto you today. Lord, and we trust that you will do a work in our hearts. Meet us, I pray, in these altars. And we'll be quick to give you thanks for what you'll do. Lord, as we believe you to change us, that we leave here differently than the way we've come. And we ask it in Jesus' name. And all that love him would say, amen and amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Some of you this morning, uh, you might have a, somewhat of an idea as to uh, uh, my subject matter today, taking a look at this uh, punctuation mark here in front of the pulpit. And uh, some of you uh, knowing exactly what this represents, this representing the question, a question mark, amen. And uh, today, if I can, uh, with the Lord's help, I just want to share with you and preach to you some things in regards uh, uh, that uh, the Lord has been uh, dealing with my heart about. And, and uh, in regards to what I believe are sometimes the things that uh, we are uh, uh, hung up on, what we're suspended over, amen, uh, some of the things that maybe we might question. How many of you remember very well uh, a particular time in your child's life uh, where their favorite word was why? Anybody, anybody remember that? Their favorite word was why. Always a question, why this? What's that? How come? The questions that were posed maybe in a different myriad of ways, but nonetheless, questions, questions, questions. And I remember thinking to myself, I'll be glad. I'll be glad when Ashlyn graduates out of the Y stage, amen, and, and come to find out that I don't think that they ever do graduate from there. I think it's just that the questions become a little more complex, amen. It's no longer why is the sky blue and, and why are the clouds white, amen, or why is the sun yellow, uh, but it goes on to other things. Why this or why that? And, and questions that happen in regards to uh, some of the difficult places in life, some of the things, amen, that uh, we don't quite understand, some of the things today that cause us to scratch our heads and wonder, some things that are upon us that maybe the question is so great or maybe even so painful it has provoked you to a place of tears maybe to a place of desperation maybe to some things that today there are some wonderings maybe even misunderstandings maybe some things that are going on inside of your mind inside of your heart maybe wrestling around in the confines of your family and ones that you love Amen. Spiritual matters and things as to where this morning you would say, Brother Jacob, if there's one thing that would be on my mind or my heart, it would be why. Amen. Why some of these things? Why some of these situations? Why some of these feelings? Why some of 
attacks? Why some test? Why some trial or tribulation? But the question proposed today is why? And I'd just like to preach on that. Some would say you're stepping into deep waters, preacher, because how can you answer the whys? How can you even begin to cover some of the questions that some might have here today? Because I do know this. I do know that I am unable. I do know today that I don't have the answers that you are looking for. I do know this morning that there are some things so deep and so complex. Amen. That there are some things that maybe it's a why from your past. Maybe today it's a why in what you're dealing with presently. Maybe there are some that there are some whys that are nagging in your mind and your heart about your tomorrows. Amen. Oh, the truth of the matter is this morning I want to bring maybe if I can a little bit of clarification. I want to, if I can, I want to point you in the direction as to where you can, amen, find an answer. As to where you can look and see what God has to say about your why. Where maybe today you can take a look and maybe today you can recognize and even if there is not an answer that maybe today you can leave this house with an assurance of the fact amen that God is is still in the business amen of working and moving and answering and showing up and doing things on behalf of his children. I want to point you in that direction. I want to show you to the one. I want to introduce you to him again this morning. Hallelujah. I today pray that by the power of the Spirit and by the comfort of the Word, amen, that today you can leave here maybe with a better resolve. Maybe today with not the thoughts that you're left suspended, that you're left uncared for, that you are left maybe in thinking that God has disassociated himself from you. Oh, but to know today, amen, that there are promises that are very real and there is a work, amen, that is taking place. I want you to understand that when we look here at why, and let me let me first say again that I appreciate, I appreciate how candid Job is. We understand most in, in here in the sanctuary, you are very acquainted with uh, uh, the life of Job is something that many very early on in the church begin to learn about. They begin to understand. They hear the story, the story of Job's suffering, the story of Job's loss. The story of Job's heartache. We find that there was not an area outside of the of death, outside of the taking of his life that was not affected. We see that immediately his family affected. We see his health is affected. His relationships are affected. We see as to where his mind and his emotions are affected. And Job here in the sense, we come to see that and all of the things that are going on that Job here in chapter 23 there are very many honest and candid moments that Job shares in suffering but I will say that I love the things that he says here as he goes to declare this very fact he said today today even today this day this moment this time in the way that I feel right now he said is my complaint bitter I've got some 
things that are going on inside of here. I've got some things that are going on up here. I've got some things that I haven't figured out. And I've got a complaint. He said it's bitter. He said it's hard. He said I'll never forget. I'll never forget the time. As to where uh, I was sitting at the kitchen table with my Uncle Scott. And they were there and they were shelling some walnuts. And they had a bunch of walnuts there on the kitchen table at Grandma and Grandpa's house. And Brother Heath, they were cracking them open and, and picking them out. And we was eating those walnuts. And, and, uh, and so uh, there was a section that came from the, bit, the, the middle portion of that shell. It's a section there that sits in between where the Walmart is, and some of you right at Walmart, where the walnut is. Jesus, help us. Amen. I've got some questions about Walmart, too, but we'll, amen, but we'll move on from that. But where that walnut is, amen. And, uh, and I remember my uncle saying, as he would dig some out, and Brother Keith, he'd slide some over to me. And I would eat those walnuts, and, and he said, you don't want to eat that. He said, that's bitter. And I said, well, what's bitter? And he said, here, take a bite. And he, and he scooped out that little section there in the middle, and I took a bite of that. And I learned that day what bitter was, amen. I learned what it tasted like. And can I say this morning, Job is saying here, he said, I've got some complaints and I've got some questions and there's some things that I don't know. And he will elaborate as we go down a little bit further. He said, but it's, it's bitter. In other words, I, it's hard for me to process this. I don't like the taste of it. I don't like the way that this feels. And I don't like uh, uh, the experience. Uh, in other words, we could use this term uh, that Maybe some of the things we're up against and some of the questions that we might have, it is not palatable. It is not nice. It is not pleasant in our life. It doesn't, it doesn't digest well. It doesn't set well with us. And he said, I, I'm bitter today. He said, my complaint is bitter. I want you to know something. I want to insert something here. We know and we preach and we see by the word of God that one thing Job did never he never did lose out of all the things he lost he never lost his integrity he never lost his his uh, his belief amen that in all things that God was going to do a work and though he could not see it no matter what his wise were and I want to tell somebody this morning you've been praying you've been believing you've been fasting you've been doing all the things you know to do as it was already said in the song that was sung amen about standing on his word when you've done all that you can stand on his word I want to tell somebody this morning is that in the fact that because you've got questions or because there's a complaint or because there's something hard going on in your life or that because something doesn't feel right set right it, it doesn't seem right it does not mean that you've lost out with God it does not mean that you uh, that you today don't believe him because I can tell you this and I honestly think there should be more preaching along these lines you can still be saved and have some questions Amen. 
about 10 of you amen me there. I'm going to say it again. You can still be a child of God and have some questions. You can still be born again and have some moments that don't make sense. You can still today... You can be a person of faith. You can be a person of prayer. You can be a man or a woman of God's word. And it's okay for the fact you're still going to have some questions. There's still some things you're trying to figure out. Because I'm making a point to say that right now. Because there are some that you sit here and not only do you have questions. Not only are you concerned. Not only are you in a place as to where you're trying to figure it out but somewhere along the way sister Allie you just uh, you just sit right there and hold that for me if you would amen and you can you can rest it on the pew if you need to you don't you don't gotta keep your arms raised the whole time I'll come back uh, occasionally and grab it from you okay you can, you can, I, I want somebody to know that in the place of all of that, there are some that are in a place as to where not only do you have questions, not only is there things that are hard going on and, and, and hard to settle with and hard to deal with, but on top of that, somewhere along the line, the enemy has convinced you that if you are any kind of saint, that if you are any kind of believer, that if you are any kind of man or woman, of faith that you would not have this kind of a hard time that you would not be in the middle of a struggle that you wouldn't feel like you're trying to walk through quicksand that you wouldn't feel a heaviness and you wouldn't feel a burden I want to tell somebody today our own Lord and Savior he knew grief the word of God said he was a man of sorrows and he was acquainted with grief he would there was times Oh, we find that in certain situations there was groaning that happened in his spirit. There was tears that fell from his face. There were times, amen, as he was moved with compassion upon those that he saw. Oh, but couldn't quite. I mean, it it grieved him of what he saw upon the hearts of men and in the minds of men. And I want to tell somebody this morning that if our Savior as well could identify when we are sister Linda in questionable moments in questionable times in moments of struggle if Christ himself understands if Christ himself has been there then I want to let you know you're not lost you're not unrighteous and you don't lack faith just because you're there right now but I will say this today we're going to grab a hold of the questions and we will say I will not let the enemy turn it into a situation where I'm going to fall out, give up, give in, or run away from what God is wanting to do in my life. Oh, we find it. You're hard-pressed. I'll tell you right now, you're hard-pressed that the most noble, the seemingly most righteous, the seemingly most powerful people in the Word of God. Brother Wilson, they had questions. They had questions. And today, if I can, I just, you know me, I'm typically a three-point preacher. So I'm going to, I'm going to talk about why. But I'm going to do so in the form of an acronym. Why? W. 
H-Y. Why? Some of these things that we're looking at. One of the things that sometimes when we're right in the middle of something, hear Job expressing, my complaint is bitter, my hand heavier than my groaning. I want you to know the first thing that comes up in his why is this, is where is God? Amen. In somebody's why this morning, your why is wondering where God is in the situation. Where is this going? Where am I at? Where are the people who might I thought would stand with me? Where is is his presence? Where are the answered prayers? Where is the center of his will? Where's it at? Where's it at? We find in this that Job, I want you to notice in verse number 3, he starts with this. He said, oh, that I knew where I might find him, that I might come even to his seat. Behold, I go forward. This is verses 8 and 9. Behold, I go forward. And listen, he says, but he is not there. And backward, and I cannot see him or perceive him. On the left hand where he doth work, but I cannot behold him. And he hides himself on the right hand that I cannot see him. Job said, I've got a question. And he said, in my why, I want to know where. Lord, where are you in this? You see, the truth of the matter is, are some of you a little bit uncomfortable with what I'm saying? You're squirming a little bit because you think that that sounds harsh. You think that that sounds uh, uh, questionable in regards to, like I just said, in, in correlation to your walk with God. And because here's the thing, this is the thing that is the hardest to connect. There are things that we know in our head, and then there are things as to where the direction of our heart is. What do you mean by that, Brother Jacob? We have heard enough preaching to save us a million times over. We have heard enough Bible stories. We have heard enough. We've been to enough revivals. We've been to enough conferences and camp meetings. You've got the word of God in your heart. There are many of you that are in here, especially many of our elders that are in here. You have had the word of God. We've got some young couples that you've not known anything but the church. You grew up in this church from the time you was a child, some of you as teenagers, and you've heard the word, and you've heard the word. And so sometimes the problem is, is we know what the word says we know all of the quote-unquote right answers and the right things to say but that is a there is a disconnect the Tobin when our head knows one thing but our heart feels another it is a hard place where you can say that I know this I know the Bible says this. I know this is what it is, but my heart is over here. And this morning, can I say, I believe that's one thing the Holy Ghost is wanting to do. He's wanting to bridge the gap between head and heart. He's wanting you, amen, because I will assure you of this, is that this is a walk of faith. This has got to get from your head, and it's got to get down into your heart, and it's got to settle in the places as to where your heart, your spirit, your emotions, where you can be so scattered 
shattered and pulled and torn. I'm going to tell you today is that we one more time have got to allow God to reconcile and reconcile and reveal where he's at, what he's doing, how he's working. I want you today to know that even though you might know all the right things to say in your head, the truth is today your heart is wondering. Your heart's trying to make sense of it. Job knew he would not curse God and die as what his wife told him to do. He even had quote-unquote friends that came along. Said it'd probably just be best for you to, you know, give all this up. Why are you being so hard-headed? Why are you doing this? You see, Sister Linda, in his mind, he knew who God was. He's seen the evidence of God at work in his life. He had seen the blessing of God. That's one thing the enemy wanted. He said, you let me take away the blessings in his life. You let me put my finger on his cattle, his land, his home, his family. You let me get that and I promise you that he will curse you. He will turn his back on you. Amen. Job had seen all all of the faithfulness of God. And in the instance, I'm not here to say that he wasn't tempted. I'm not here to say that he wasn't, that he wasn't uh, uh, tempted to look around at destruction that happened in a matter of moments and, and, and say, uh, uh, I don't understand any of this at all. I just, God, why would you do this? And just began to curse at God and abandon God and abandon the word of God, all of these things. But I want you to know is that Job... I believe the place of his success was the fact that he allowed faith to bridge the gap from where his heart was, where his complaint was, where his bitterness was, to the place of what he knew. Sister Kimberly, there are some things that we know, that we know, that we know, but I promise you, life will test your resolve. Church will test your resolve. People will test your resolve situations will test your resolve and may it be said that God I just don't know about you here but when the storms come and all of hell assails that there's something here that moves into the place of what I know and allows me to stand it allows me to stand and know that in all of my feelings and in all of my thoughts that I know right where you are. Job said, I'm looking. I can't seem to find him. I've walked ahead and he's not there. I've looked behind me. He's not there. Left hand, right hand. He said, I've been everywhere. And he said, and I can't see him Notice he used the word, I can't behold him or perceive him multiple times. He said, I can't see him. And here is the thing. Here is the thing that God dealt with my heart about. It's the fact that there are times that we are looking for him. And yes, look for him. Yes, try to find him. Look to behold him. We preach it here. We believe it here. Come and see a man. Brother Cameron Wednesday night preached on take another look. But here's what I've learned, Sister Linda. Just because I cannot see him does not mean that he is absent from where I am. Amen. 
Just because you cannot see him does not mean he is absent from where you are. And the truth is, is that sometimes we cannot see him because what we see is the problem that is before us versus our provision. Too many times we are seeing, it is very well to see. Matter of fact, let me just tell you right now, is that any person in here, I don't care how sweet you are, I don't care how how long you've been serving Jesus, I mean your membership card's just nearly disintegrated in your wallet because you've just been around here so long. You know every song, you've been on every committee, you've served in every capacity, you've been there, done that, bought the t-shirt, you, you've got all those things, but I'm going to tell you right now, it's the fact that if any of you, no matter all your qualifications, no matter all the sweetness, no matter all of your spirituality, is the truth is this, is that when you are looking at people, you can see all of their problems first. You can see all of their problems first. You can pick apart somebody in a, in a five-minute span. You know you could. Because we have the tendency, and I believe, Brother Danny, it is a result of the fall of man. It is a result of sin. Because we find that blame and pointing fingers never showed up until after sin entered the world. And it happened where sin originated, right there in that garden. It happens with Adam and Eve. It happens. Fingers are pointing everywhere. Everybody's blaming everybody. Everybody's got something of accusation to say with everybody. We have this tendency, because it is human nature, that we are the type that we will see problem first. Whether it be in people, whether it be in situations, whether it be in whatever the, whatever the case might be. There are things that cause a great big question mark. And we cannot see God because we are looking at the question and we're saying, God, where are you? Where, where are you in the middle of this? Because I will assure you is that you are either today or you will be in some places, in some situations that are so hurtful, that are so impactful, that are so trying that you're looking around at all the carnage that's going on around you and you say, God, where are you at? I've been at every church service. I've been to the prayer meetings. I've been there to listen to the preaching. I've been listening to CDs and DVDs. I've been reading the books. I've been reading the Bible. I've been in the early morning. I've been in my prayer closet. But God, I'm in all of the places that you're supposed to be. Have you ever noticed that? That we think that we've got God figured out that we know where he's supposed to be. Have you, have, you see, have you noticed that? Have you noticed how quickly we attribute to the fact and we like to tell God exactly where he's supposed to be? I can't see you. I don't know where you're at. I don't know what's going on. And this is where you're supposed to be. It's amazing to me how us in our human frailty in all of the things we don't know that we are so sure as to where to appoint God. I want to remind you this morning of the fact 
that God, number one, he does not answer to us. He does not answer to us. The one who provides the answers, he does not answer to us. I want you to know this, is that in what you don't know, in where you cannot find him, in where he has not showed up, where you appointed him. And what I mean by that is this, when we have our emergency, when we have our problem, when we have our trial, how many times do our prayers sound like this? God, I needed you here. God, I needed you at this spot. God, if you you really love me, and this is where we get deep and crazy, if you really loved me, you would have been here, and you would have been at this place, and you would have been at this point, and maybe it wouldn't have happened in the first place that's not the case that's not the case and let me just assure you nor will it ever be if that is the lens in which you are trying to pray is that if that's the perspective in which you're trying to seek God if that is where you are trying to put conditions upon God then friend I'm going to tell you you're at fault we don't do that this is what Job said I love what he said here. It's verse number 10. Job just gets done saying, I don't know where he's at. I don't know where he is. Verse 10 of 23, he says, but he knoweth. Amen. You missed a good place to shout. You're quiet this morning. That's okay. But he knoweth the way that I take. When he hath tried me, I shall come forth as gold. Why is this so important? Because in where, when we don't know where God is, in where we don't know what, where the place is or exactly all the pieces are, here's what I've got confidence in. Sister Janie is the fact of what Job said. Job said, here's what I will resolve to know. I will resolve that I don't know where he's at, but I do resolve to know this. He knows where I am. I don't know where he's at, but I can be assured he knows where I am. Hallelujah. I want to tell you there's a little piece of technology, and, and it's, just a, it's just a fancy term for a tracking device. It's called Life 360. Anybody got that on your phone? Raise your hand. I want to see you. Who confess? There's less than what I thought. Amen. And, and there, it's, a, it's a deal called Life 360. And so what you can do, especially, you know, you've got kids coming up and teenagers and maybe they're getting a license or whatever. You can see where they're at. You can even push their little, little picture. And it will tell you, yesterday I was, Sister Carolyn was with my mother-in-law and they was on their way home. And, and they had been over by Tomball and I was at home with Ashlyn. And, and uh, Ashlyn said, when's mama going to be home? And I pushed, I went, I said, hang on, let me look. And I, and I put, went on the app and I pushed her little picture. And Sister Brenda, her little picture, driving through China. Amen. Not the country of China, but the town. And she's driving through China. And Brother Gary had also said she was traveling at 67 miles per hour. Brother Bobby, I can even, if I wanted to, I'd say, I know where you are and I know how fast you're going. 
Amen. I know. I saw you stop and get that coffee. I I saw you stop and get that cheeseburger. I saw I saw that, amen. And so uh, it's that little app, amen. And and so what happens is, brother Eddie, is the fact of is the fact that at any time that I want to, as long as that app is on, long as her phone's got charged, I can click on there and I know where she is. I know where my girl's at, amen. And can I say that long before there was Life 360, there's a God. In in heaven that has made you and I and brother Scott in places where I don't know where he is all I need to know is he knows where I am and every step that I take and every tear that I cry and it says that in these moments he said speaking of the fact that he knows where I am he also knows what's going on in that moment he says when he's tried me in the fire when he's tried me in the furnace, he said, I shall come forth like gold. I want you to notice something. So it's not about Job knowing where God's at. It's God knowing where he is. And it's God saying, I want you where I need you to be. Amen. This is good preaching. I'm going to buy my own tape today. <laughs> Some of you aren't convinced yet, but... I'm on the right track. Secondly, and I'm trying to hurry. You say, how can a man take three points and preach an hour? I can. I'm gifted. It's a talent that I have. Amen. Number two, not only where, but here's the other struggle that we have. How? How's God going to do this? How's God? This is one of our favorite prayers. Are you ready? How are you going to fix this? We come into the altar, we got our big questions, and we're, we're standing on the promise that cast your cares upon me, right, because I care for you, and we're coming up here at this altar, and our prayers, our prayers have reached the point, it sounds something like this. How are you going to fix it? How are you going to fix it? What are you going to do in this situation? There are some of us that we're stalled, we're hung up. You're paralyzed in faith because you're saying, how? How are you going to work this? How? Here's another one. How is any good? How is any good going to come out of this? How is this going to make me better? How is this going to make sense? Oh, I heard, Brother Jacob, I heard what he said, that he's, uh, that you're working all things for my good and, and that you've got plans for me, plans to prosper and plans to no harm. But right now, God, here's my question. How? How's it going to be? How are you going to work? Because I don't know how right now. And right now, I don't see how it's going to be good. And I don't see how it's going to work. And I don't see how I'm going to make it through this. Everybody under the sound of my voice, in one form or another, whether it's yesterday, today, or if it's going to be tomorrow, you've got a how in your life. And there are some, there are some, amen, 
Sister Tessa, will you help pastor? You want to help me? Come help me. Sister Tessa, this beautiful girl. Beautiful baby. Amen. This child of God. You know what happens sometimes with our questions? You know what where and how does to us? Lift your arms up, Sister Tessa. There you go. Now I want you, I want you to go and I want you to walk towards towards that altar like you're going to go pray. Let's worship the Lord. Let's lift our voice. Let's lift our hands. Come on, Tessa. Come on, Tessa. Lift those hands. Worship the Lord. What's wrong? You can't? How come? You can't get to Jesus? How come? You can't pray? How come? You can't worship? How come? I will tell you right now. Thank you, baby. I'll tell you right now. If you're not careful, you can be seated. If you're not careful, those questions, they will hinder you. They'll keep you. There's some of you haven't been to the altar in a while. And there's some of you you haven't lifted your hands in worship for a while. Because you're confined in the how. You're trying to say, God, how are you going to do it? How are you going to work? How are you going to love me? How are you going to make a way? But I came to declare. Declare to somebody this morning, he's a God of how, he's a God that's able, he's a God that's working, he's a God that can set you free from the confusion and the dilemma and the obstruction of your question. Hear me, how, how's this going to work? Or some of us were at a place, you're stuck, you're paralyzed with how. I'll tell you right now, Job 23 and 13 through 14, he says this. Man, this will make an Episcopalian shout. Are you ready? It said, but he is in one mind. Who can turn him? Whoa! And what his soul desireth, even that he doeth. For he performeth the thing that is appointed for me, and many such things are with him. That right there simply states this. When it says that he is of one mind, that means he's got one agenda. He's got one plan. He's got one purpose. He's got one thing on his mind, Brother Eddie, and that is you. And 
that is me. And you say, well, hang on. How can he have all of us on his mind? Because he's God. Because he's greater than us. Because he's supernatural and we're natural. Because he's holy and we're not. He's eternal and we're not. He's alpha and we're not. He's omega and we're not. I came to tell somebody there are some things. How will my kids get saved? How will my heart be healed? How will there be restoration? How will God show up in this? And the hell has you paralyzed. But here's what hell has to contend with. It's got to contend with the heavenly father that says I've got my children on my mind and what I will do, that's what I'm going to do. Hallelujah. Job said, I serve a God who is determined about the plans over my life and the things that concern me. Woo! Let me help you understand this. Let me help you understand it. Come here, Brother Eddie. Come here, Brother Eddie. Right here. Right here. Come here, Sister Mary. I pick on people who love me. That way, when I use them, they're still going to love me. Hey, look here. Stay by me. I want you to just wrap your arm in that little crook right there. There you go. Oh, perfect. I didn't even ask her to do it like that. That's perfect. How? How? promise you this mama right here she dealt with a lot of hows am I right? Dealt with a lot of hows it's going to happen how's it going to come? But I'm going to tell you is that with all the questions hold that brother Eddie all the questions that was on his life there was a savior who was walking with her and said Mary you've got to know something I know what the devil said I know we don't know how you don't know how it's going to work but I know the plans I have for him. I know the purpose. And I will do whatever I'm going to do. I'm going to work. I'll set him free. I'll deliver him. I'll set him free. I will. Oh. Hallelujah. I want to let you know there is nothing my God cannot do. Somebody give him praise in this house. Somebody give him glory. Oh, Rebasata. Oh, Rebasata. Just when you think your how is too big, listen to what Job said. He said, He knows. He knows, he knows, and he's got one mind, and I am on his mind. Somebody ought to shout it, I'm on his mind. 
Come on here. Somebody say it like you mean it. I'm on his mind. I'm on his mind. How? 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 I want to tell you how you're going to work through your question. Are you ready? Job gives the answer. He says, my foot hath held his steps. His way have I kept and not declined. Neither have I gone back from the commandment of his lips. I want to stop right there because I'm not done preaching this yet. There are some, your questions, if you're not careful, it'll cause you to backslide. There are some of you that if you, you're so frustrated you don't have answers, it looks appealing for you to quit. It looks appealing for you to go back to the stuff that God delivered you out of. That just a month ago you said, I'll never go back to that. But you got some questions so big that you're nearly convinced it's better for me to go back. Because back then, yeah, my life was a mess. It was a wreck. But I didn't seem to fight. I'm going to tell you why you're, why you're fighting. It's because hell and heaven both are after your soul. And I want you, it was Brother Spurgeon who made the statement. He said, how valuable, and I'm paraphrasing, is the soul of a man that both heaven and hell would fight over him. You hear what I'm saying? There's some stuff, Sister Amber, you might got some questions. But I'm going to tell you right now, don't you dare go back. You might got some questions, Anna. But you've come too far to turn around now. Don't you go back. Don't you do it. Brother Michael, don't you go and walk through these valleys and climb these mountains and questions that are proposed, things that don't make sense. Don't you dare let it pull you back. Job said, here's how I deal with my house. I've anchored my feet on the rock of ages. He said, I've established my feet to where they're not going to slip. He said, I have yielded myself to everything in the word of God. I'm going to tell somebody right now where Job said it's about where I am, not where he's at. I'll tell somebody right now, there are some things that your question of where and how, Brother Scott will only reveal some things in your life that God wants to pull out of you. It'll produce some things in your life that God needs from you. What is that? You get into some questions, they're so hard. It'll cause you to get in this book like you've never been in it before. Anybody hear what I'm saying? Can I just, can I just expose the devil right now? 
Because there's probably 80% of the people in this building that when you're feeling off, when it's not good for you spiritually, when you don't feel like you're in revival, when you don't feel saved, when you feel like all of hell's attacking, you know what you should be in. But you will say things like, I don't feel like reading that today. I know I'm right. How can you say that with surety? You almost sound a little bit arrogant. I'm not arrogant. I'm confident. I'm confident that's how you feel. You know why? Because I'm confident some days, Lord, that's how I feel. And if it's hard for me, I know it's hard for you. We're all human. And isn't it it something that the questions try to keep us? Amen. I don't feel it today. There's folks that are not at church today because they don't feel it today. There's folks not getting help from God because they don't feel it today. Somebody's setting out. Somebody's missing the presence of God. The camaraderie of the spirit of the family of God. And so when we're in those trials, we'll say things like, I ain't got, I, I ain't got time for this. I ain't got time for church. I ain't got time for service. And when I say service, I'm not talking about 1036 and 7. I'm talking about I'm just not going to serve. Not going to do anything. Not going to do it. One of the fastest ways you'll die in God's house sitting on a pew is making up your mind you ain't going to do anything. That's why we pay you, Pastor. You don't pay me enough to do all the stuff that y'all are supposed to be doing too. And it don't work that way. It don't work that way. We want to sit here and you just tell us good things. We want to shout and amen. You are in here to receive something from God so that brother Josh, when you step out those doors, you can pour into people that need God. You can deal with real life situations, Sister Ricks, that need God. Don't get hung up on that how. He said, there is a God in heaven and he knows. And he says, I live through the how. He said, because I steadied my steps. I've anchored myself. He said, I have kept every commandment from your lips. Can I tell you today, when you don't know what else to do, saturate your mind and your heart with this book and say, I will, I will stick to one thing at a time and I will do what you said to do. Now, I'm going to tell you something. What he said to do, Brother Gary, is not always easy because it'll go against your flesh. It'll go against your bad attitude. It'll go against your hurt feeling. It'll go against your mouth. It'll go against your mind. Come on here. But he said, I have kept every commandment from your lips. You know what else he said? He said, I've treated it more necessary than my own food. In other words, I can't live without it. Church, I'm going to tell you right now. I know I'm pressing on in time. Thank you. But here's what's going to happen. Here's what's got to happen. We have got to get so hungry and so desperate to survive the things that we're under. The things we're going through. 
the things you're dealing with, the things your kids are dealing with, the all-out attack of hell upon each and every home. I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, there's not one family under the sound of my voice that you're not fighting hell. I know you are. How? But Jake, I, it's unbeknownst to me, my life is great right now. That's wonderful. But I'm going to promise you. Yeah. May not be you today. It will be tomorrow. But Jake, please be more positive. Okay, I'm positive. It will. It will. What happened to the church that found themselves in prayer, in the word of God, in worship, and saying, if I'm going to live through it, this is what I need. Nothing else. That, that right there is a good place to go ahead and give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Nothing else. Have you found it interesting that we even categorize what things we think we ought to be praying about? Have you found that we categorize the things and that if we pray, if we seek God, if we fast, if we do some of these things, we're afraid some people say, you're too extreme. You know what I'm trying to do? You know what's extreme? An eternity separated from God. You know what's extreme? A life on this side of heaven, Brother Casey, devoid of his presence. I never heard David pray, don't take the kingdom from me, don't take riches from me, don't take power and prestige from me. But I did hear him read about him when he prayed, take not thy Holy Spirit from me. I can't lose it. Don't want to lose it. A lot of folks going to hell over mysteries. Last point, and I'm going to button this up. We have where, how, and then we deal with the issue of time. Yet. This hasn't happened yet. I think that is one of the most It is one of the most deadly and yet genius tools that the enemy likes to use. Genius in the fact that it works so, so much of the time. Deadly in the fact of what happens when it gets inside of your spirit. This hasn't happened yet. You're not here yet. This hasn't happened yet. You see, when timing is blown out of perspective, when timing is at a place, and look, I, I'm trying to hurry. Some of you are restless. Just hang with me five minutes. When we are dealing with timing, this is where we get very tempted to step out of God's will. God's will is associated with timing. He is over every season. He is over the, the word of God said he's over the signs and the seasons. Brother Danny, he created the sun, the moon, the stars. Genesis said, and he gave them for lights and for signs and for seasons. A God who is not restricted by time or controlled by time 
created time. There are some things that right now, I, just, I, I need you to listen to the Holy Ghost. If you make a decision right now, and you know that God hasn't confirmed it, and let me say this, and you know God's not in it, you better not make that decision. You better not do I don't care how appealing it is. I don't care how justified you think you are. I don't care how good it might look. Don't you step out of the season that God has for you. The word of God tells us over and again of people who God, Brother Gary, gave them promise. But because of the question, it hasn't happened yet, that they got out of God's will. He is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But let's go with Abraham. He was promised his son Isaac. God being God, knowing where Abraham was, knowing how he was going to do a work, Abraham was dealing with yet. He was impatient. His wife was impatient. Sarah came to him and said, the time of me being able to have children, it's over. We are old. It's not going to happen. It's not. This has not happened yet. It's not going to happen. So let's do this. Let's do this. Let's have a child by way of my, by way of my handmaiden, Hagar. I want you to listen to how preposterous this sounds. Hagar is expecting when it's time for her to deliver. And I know there's a little bit of years in here. So I'm being very careful and cautious what I'm saying. She has Hagar set upon her lap. To give some type of credence or credibility as if she were having a child. When you start stepping outside of God's will and time and seasons. It'll get you doing things. That you know are preposterous and ridiculous. And it doesn't make sense. And it will provide ramifications for you and your family. That will have everlasting effects. Today. Brother Danny. Ishmael. And Isaac. They're still fighting. Still today. If you don't know what I'm talking about, just brush up on your history of the nation of Israel. Ishmael and Isaac are still at war. And it started with parents who could not get their mind wrapped around yet. Timing. Because the miracle was going to be in the fact, after all of this happened, after God, I'm sure, was disappointed... After God only wanted them to trust him, he still honored his word. And he did it when every bit of life in him and her was dried up and disposed of. And he said, now you're going to have that child. In so much that Sarah laughed within herself. And God called her out on it. He said, why is she laughing? I'm going to tell somebody, Brother Danny, if you'd come. Sister Haley, if you'd help us. I want to tell somebody this morning, don't let yet. You know what yet also does? It brings comparison. 
brings comparison. It's subtle. With, a, with events like social media, it's a little bit more in our face. Oh, your, your family, you haven't done that yet? Oh, that, that prayer you've been praying about, God hasn't answered it yet? Oh, oh, your church? Our church does this, and your church don't do that? Here, let me put this on the right person. Nothing wrong with your questions. Job asked these questions. But in a sense... Job found answer as he began to look at things through God's perspective. He said, it's not about where God is, but it's about where I am. And he knows where I am. I'm not going to get hung up on the how. Because I serve a God that once his mind is made up over me and his purpose and plan is there, he's going to work it on my behalf. And I'm not going to sit and contemplate over yet. Brother Aaron, I'm not going to move outside of his will over a yet. I'm not going to compare myself and beat myself down and condemn myself, Brother Josh, because I'm not yet where other people are or where other people think I should be. But what matters is, is that I keep keep going I keep going I keep serving I keep trusting can we stand together all over this house you've been sitting for a bit I thank you for your patience with heads bowed and eyes closed this morning and I'm just going to ask you right now church if you would would you just begin to pray come on can we just begin to call upon the name of the Lord Father I thank you today. I thank you for your word. I thank you for your faithfulness. I thank you, Lord, for the things, Lord, that I believe today that you are saying and speaking into hearts and lives. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord, today that the truth of your word always stands. It always stands. It's always right. Oh, when it don't feel right to us, when it don't seem right, when it's not necessarily everything we wanted to hear or everything that we needed to see, but, Lord, it's right. And you are righteous. And Lord, I pray today that you would convict our hearts. Holy Ghost, convict us. Many of us in this place, we know certain things in our mind. But today, the Holy Ghost is trying to help bridge the gap of what's in our mind and where our heart needs to be, where faith needs to be. You're not wrong for having questions. They're there. You're going to have some. Life is going to provide you many opportunities, and there's going to be complex situations. There's going, to be, there's going to be things you don't quite understand and you don't know. But I'm going to tell you today, in your where, how, and yet, God is still God. He is working. He is moving. He is doing some things in you. But there has to be a willingness to yield yourself to Him, to yield yourself to His purpose and plan. 
to yield yourself to what he's going to do. So today, maybe it's not, God, where are you? But maybe the question better asked is, where am I at? God knows exactly where I am. But where am I at? He's trying to pull me through that furnace, trying to get me shining like gold. My how. How, God, is this going to happen? How is this prayer going to be answered? How is that one going to be saved? And yet, Lord, what you want us to do is to be determined on how we're going to stay with it, how we're going to keep praying, how we're going to be faithful, how we're going to live righteously. Our yets. Lord, I pray you'd help somebody, deal with somebody who today, today they're tempted. They're tempted to tamper with your season and your timing. Lord, I will patiently wait on the yet. I will let you do the work because you know what you're doing. And Lord, let me yield my spirit, surrender my plans, my purposes to you. This morning, maybe today your questions have you in a place that's brought you here. And today you need to be saved. Today you need salvation. Today the questions proposed to you are more in the response of what, what would happen should you die today? What would happen if you stepped into eternity today? Do you know the Lord as your Savior? Have you been born again? Have you asked for forgiveness of your sins? If you're here today and that's you, there's answer for you. His name is Jesus. There's help for you. It's in the cross of Calvary. There's healing for you. It's in the precious blood of the Lamb. Saint of God, I know you're here. I know you're here with hurting hearts, questions in your mind, things that don't make sense, some things that tempt you to veer off to the left or to the right. But this morning, the Holy Ghost is dealing with you and challenging you in regards to those questions in regards to where God's position is to those things. And whatever that question might be, whatever your heart might be fighting with today, whatever might be going on, he's here to help you. If that's us, and I know there's many of us, won't you step out from where you are? Why don't we come find ourselves a place in these altars? Come on, church. Come on. Sir or ma'am, if you're lost, come right now. Come with these as they step